0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Joined always, joined as always with the big brother. Hello, sir. Welcome again. Hello, sir. Bro, lots to talk about. A lot of things have happened. Uh, We're going to start with the Champions League, uh, the final day of the Champions League. And uh, we're going to go into the uh, Premier League after that. But uh, quite eventful, so to speak. I mean... uh, Eventful might just be an understatement of the century in this case. So let's talk about Group H where Man United made life difficult for themselves once again and they were 3-0 down and they had that last-minute resurgence uh, thanks to Paul Pogba but falling short in the end.
1: Well, I think they did not deserve to win that. Mm -hmm. They were found wanting right from the moment go, And Pogba's strike, I mean, too little, too late. All in all, I think a disappointing campaign comes to a deserved end in the Europa
0: League. Well, yeah, this was a point that was raised by uh, the fan channel of uh, Manchester United called uh, Stratford Paddock. And for all United fans, I recommend they check him out on YouTube. They said maybe United are a Europa League team. And even if we had progressed to the round of 16 and beyond, we would have been thumped by the likes of Munchen, Uh, Barca, Juventus, you name it, you know, we're just not good enough to challenge for the trophy. And realistically, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, like Jose Mourinho said, Manchester United are sort of favorites for the for the Europa League. Realistically, we do have a chance to make it further down the tournament in the Europa League, uh, compared to the Champions League, you know, so maybe cutting our losses there.
1: Well, I would like to disagree there. Mm -hmm. I think the favourites to win the Europa League are Arsenal. (laughs) And they are also favourites to be relegated from the Premier League. So I'm going to call it early that this is going to be the first time in history (laughs) next year where a team playing in the Championship will also play in the Champions League.
0: Well, if that happens, I think I would have probably seen everything there is to see on planet Earth. But yeah, Group H, I mean, that, that was not the only uh, you know news story coming from Group H. The match between PSG and uh, Besak Sahir had to be called off because of a racial incident involving a match official and uh, I think it was the the assistant coach of uh, Besak Sahir. The match had to be called off uh, because the player uh, refused to play anymore and walked off the pitch. And eventually, the next day, the game had to be restarted from the point where they stopped uh, with an entirely new set of uh, officials. No, bro, just throwing a question at you. I mean, all this... Talk about uh, no room for racism, players taking the knee, players wearing black bands. We would like to think that there is, uh, there has been a change in the outlook. But uh, clearly, lots more to do in this uh, respect.
1: Well, uh, lots more to do in all aspects to promote equality amongst human beings, I'd say. Mm-hmm. This one is all the more shocking because uh, the culprit here is a matchup issue. Yeah. And you thought at least that's one bastion that will never sort of cross the line. And now you have this going on. So, I mean, it just boggles the mind that this is something that's happening in 2020. ...shortly to be 2021. Mm-hmm. This boggles the mind, doesn't it? That this is
0: still an issue today. Yeah, and I remember we were talking about it, like it. would. I would still not be as surprised... ...if it was a rival fan or a, or a player... ...but an official in this case. This is almost unheard of. But yeah, like you said, lots uh, more to be done. And the fact that this is still happening in 2020... ...means uh, we still have a long way to go. But uh, anyway, let's divert our attention. Uh, some big uh, winners. And pretty much the obvious... Uh, choices have made it past uh, into the uh, into the knockout stages of the Champions League. One big miss is going to be Inter Milan, who failed to even qualify for the Europa League places. What happened there?
1: Well, I think their group was a tough one, but uh, one would have expected them to finish in the top two, but they finished bottom. Mm-hmm. So clearly, Lukaku and Sanchez aren't all they are being cracked out to be. And I would say uh, good riddance because we wouldn't have wanted another contender in the Europa League
0: as well. Well, yeah. But uh, again, we're going to come to the Europa League fixtures towards the end of the show because there are some very serious uh, contenders. And United and Arsenal are facing some really uh, strong opponents to begin with. But let's uh, divert our attention towards the, the game week that we had in the English Premier League. Starting again on Friday, that early kickoff. One more time. It was Leeds versus West Ham and West Ham again. I mean, what has David Moyes been feeding his team? They're again uh, winners away at Leeds. It's just surprising uh, that their run of form continues and uh, winners again.
1: Well, I'm looking at the table. Mm-hmm. West Ham currently sit above Everton. They're same on points with a superior goal difference. And they're only two points off Chelsea. Yeah, and That's how good they are. And if Southampton and Leicester weren't having such a stellar run of form, West Ham could very well, very well have been in the top four. So clearly, I mean, Moyes, you know, he, he did some good things with Everton. Let's not forget that. That's yeah. the reason he was picked for Man United. Now, while he wouldn't have been able to fill up the shoes of Sir Alex Ferguson at, at United… There clearly is a good manager in there. And now he's bringing out the best uh, for a very underrated team. West Ham are a powerful team, very, very mobile. Uh, you know, well, sort of, I would say, well stocked at uh, all positions.
0: Yep. I mean, I uh, couldn't uh, possibly agree more. I mean, uh, well, they are 6th. Uh, and uh, talking about another team which is doing rather well, I'm talking about Aston Villa here, who have a game in hand. They are 10th at the moment. Their game in hand is against uh, Man City. That opening fixture didn't uh, happen. Uh, but uh, effectively, if they do win that game in hand, it's going to be 21 points. So that takes them to 6th. Again, where West Ham are. Aston Villa, again, I mean, it was a tough game against uh, Wolves. Wolves again struggling at home, missing uh, Jimenez. And again, again, uh, you know, the they they really haven't uh, you know bought well, I would say, to recover the loss of uh, Pedro Neto. No, no, sorry, not Neto. What's his name? Uh, Diogo Jota. Diogo Jota. And uh, Doherty as well. They haven't really done much. So they find uh, Wolves are a bit, you know, struggling a little bit right now.
1: Well, we've covered this in the past, where Wolves have had a poor transfer market. And I would like to stand by that analysis. Overall, mm-hmm. they had a poor game against Aston Villa. A red card apiece, more for petulance. And this game wasn't... I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't great either. Mm -hmm. I would say it's a fair reflection of where the two teams are. Aston Villa will be uh, so happy to be at 20 points. Uh, When the season began, they would have looked at 40 as a target to stay in the Premier League. I think they're going to comfortably surpass that. Mm -hmm. And Wolves, on the other hand, they're not in danger. I mean, they sit above Arsenal. So, uh, they are having uh, the season that their performances reflect.
0: Alright. Uh, now, moving on. Uh, Newcastle, notably last uh, game week, did not uh, take part in the Premier League because of a coronavirus outbreak. And they were notably missing certain players but uh, coming out to one winners against uh, West Bromwich Albion again. West Brom again, another team we are struggling for form right now. Slavin Bilic, I don't know the man uh, tries a lot. He's very uh, you know enthusiastic on the touchline. There's a lot of switching and changing. And West Ham do look dangerous on the, uh, sorry West Brom do look dangerous on the ball coming forward. They do have a lot of uh, good players who threaten to score, but uh, just falling short. Now, uh, clearly, uh, the most boring game of all time, or this game week as well, was uh, sadly the Manchester Derby. Terrible game.
1: Well, I saw that, so I can second you on that. Mm -hmm. I think this was a game where both the managers were afraid to lose. Uh, Moyes more than Guardiola. Guardiola, I mean, his team looked fairly pedestrian. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest and not cut corners. They looked fairly pedestrian. In fact. If Arsenal weren't having such such a meltdown of a season, I would have called Man City as the team to have regressed the most mm-hmm. this season. There is just no threat going forward. When their wingers are being cut out, as you know, United did very well, they just have no threat. De Bruyne is being neutralized in the middle. And if Mahrez and Sterling don't do it, nobody does. So, you know, this was a game of relatively few chances. I don't think City had the better chances. I think United had the better chances on the counter. And if anybody looked like winning it, it was United. Overall, a game to forget. But I think uh, both managers would be happy to the point. Moy, um, sorry, uh, Olegarasovsk are a little more happier than Guardiola.
0: Well, I think it's rightly summed up. Both teams, uh, I mean, they pretty much like to sit behind. There was not much in terms of attack. Maybe towards the end, uh, United tried to uh, do something with the introduction of Paul Pogba. And uh, well, yeah, there's nothing in it. I, I, like, rightly so. But uh, with this result, I think uh, Ole Gunnar will be the happier manager of the two, given our home form and how terrible it's been. And uh, getting a point, uh, I mean, it's not the worst result against a team like Man City. We know what they can do once they turn up. Uh, Talking about more points uh, dropped elsewhere Everton against Chelsea Now this is obviously a game that you called out Which is going to be a very uh, interesting fixture Chelsea on the bounce But Everton have uh, ended their run of nine games unbeaten With a 1-0 victory Well I'm very happy
1: with the result Everton Mm -hmm. is my second team And uh, this was a game they controlled very well Chelsea had the odd half chance uh, I mean, I, I say it half chance, that's rather optimistic or let's say a rosy assessment of the game. But um, they hit the ball thrice, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all three times, it wasn't as if you know it was close, etc. These were distant shots. A couple of them skimmed the ball. One particular shot I know that crashed off the base of the post and just sort of came back across the goal aside... Uh, the other two were fairly okay. So, Everton, I mean, they were good value for the goal. It was a stone-cold penalty. And uh, I would say Mendy was clearly at fault. Mm-hmm. Sometimes goalkeepers get too enthusiastic and clean out players, even when they pose little threat. And this was one of those things.
0: Yeah, it was pretty much t- uh, towards the edge of the box. And Calvert-Lewin was running diagonally across the post. There was no need for him to charge and basically take him out. And uh, yeah, Uh, Sigurdsson made them pay by getting that uh, penalty score like you said uh, all three points there for Everton Uh, talking about points one I mean the biggest winners of this uh, Premier League I mean pretty much all the entire top six dropped points the big six I should say Southampton however continuing their uh, form which is which has been excellent they're fourth now with uh, 23 points of 12 games 3-0 winners against uh, a struggling Sheffield United
1: well, Sheffield United are my pick for the team that have regressed the most along with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So, Sheffield United and Arsenal are joint tied for the worst performances of the season. Sheffield United have one point from 12 games. Wow. That is Wrap your head around that, yeah. bro. One point. That How is... do you lose 11 games <laughs> after finishing in the top half of the table the previous season? This is a team that is struggling. This is a team that will go down. Uh, along with uh, West Brom, Fulham, uh, maybe Burnley or uh, Arsenal as outside candidates. These are the relegation contenders to be be seen.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, completely agree with you there. I mean, God knows what's happened with Sheffield United. It's not like they've lost uh, a lot of players. They really haven't. It's the same managers, the same team. I just don't know. Maybe it's the whole uh, second season syndrome, you know. You uh, come back, uh, you qualify... You get promoted. The first season you manage to stay up, but uh, the, your quality really shows in your in the second season, where a lot of teams do drop down again. Uh, remains to be seen, but uh, yeah, things not looking good at all for Sheffield United. And uh, talking about points dropped elsewhere, the top two, Spurs and Liverpool, again drawing away to Crystal Palace and Fulham. Now, a word of appreciation towards the goalkeeper of Crystal Palace, Gaeta. This man. I mean, I I urge you to go and watch the replay of this game just for the saves that this guy has done. Out of this world, last-minute deflections of Harry Kane... And double saves and, you know, saving with his leg and his hand and point blank saves, just fantastic. And I'm like, this is a point I mentioned a few game weeks earlier, that the standard of goalkeeping is just off the charts now. And goalkeepers are suddenly becoming a very, very integral part of the team. Bro, you remember, you and I used to play football and it was always uh, the most unfit guy or the guy who wasn't feeling it was thrown in goal. And, you know, you ask him to just do whatever he can. But now the game is changing. The goalkeepers are getting more involved. They are becoming critical to uh, you know a team's uh, you know points and uh, success and all that in in the long run, for instance, uh, United's uh, I think it was the last three or four seasons continuously our player of the player of the season has been David De Gea. and he's himself by himself won us so many points by keeping those clean sheets or uh, making those incredible saves. So Gaeta, I mean, in my opinion, just pulled off a worldie in that in that game week in that uh, match against uh, Spurs. I agree with you,
1: wholeheartedly that. And uh, he single-handedly kept Palace in the game And then Palace capitalized And it was a cool 1-1 draw I'm always happy to see the Spurs drop points
0: oh, There you go <laughs> Well, points dropped even further with uh, with Liverpool I'm playing against uh, Fulham now This was a match that I saw And Fulham played with some real heart I mean, they got the lead to uh, to begin with And then they were, let's say, unlucky To get that penalty being given It was a free kick which was taken by uh, Vinyaldum uh, the wall jumped and it kind of struck off one player's chest and went onto someone else's arm and it was a penalty. VAR checked it. It was not that big a deal in my opinion. I mean, these I've seen these overturned by VAR in in this very season. But uh, they were given the Liverpool and uh, Mohamed Salah converting from the spot. But uh, Fulham earning a very uh, valuable point, I would say, against Liverpool. Now, this is a match I'm
1: unhappy about. Uh-huh. Fulham were the better side. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. That. And And the person who jumped in the wall, if he had not turned sideways and the ball would have struck his arm, which, by the way, was folded across his chest. It was only because he turned Mm -hmm. and, you know, then the the arm becomes an extension of the body and not really a part of the torso. It's only because he turned that the penalty was given. Yeah. And even the penalty was one of the worst penalties I've seen Salah strike. Mm -hmm. And it basically squirmed under the goalkeeper. Yeah. And, you know, we spoke about uh, the keeper at Palace. The keeper at Fulham did an equally good job keeping mm. Liverpool at bay. Liverpool did not deserve to win this. They did not even deserve a point. Fulham were the better team throughout and they should have won this. They comfortably kept Liverpool out. But uh, as these things go, I have this sinking feeling that it's going to come down to Liverpool and Spurs, the way they are playing, even with these reversals. Yeah, with other teams not being able to capitalise I mean City and United are both drawn City don't look like winning anything this season United far from it mm-hmm. um, Tottenham and Liverpool are all that he left and Chelsea they're flattered to deceive I mean they couldn't beat Everton away mm-hmm. couldn't they So it's going to be between Tottenham and Liverpool and Liverpool are one team that you don't want to see win and Tottenham are one team that I would rather (laughs) you know not see football ever again Uh. than see Spurs play uh, play and win
0: well, it's not that bad, is it, between Arsenal and Spurs? I mean, Spurs have been nowhere. They've won nothing. For Liverpool, it's between the greatest club of, of England and the number of trophies. What's it between? I mean, I know it's the rivalry because of the proximity to each other, but Spurs are nowhere. Even if they win a trophy or two, it doesn't matter because Man City have won trophies galore in the last decade, let's say, but we're don't really, we not really bothered that much because they're still far off the pace from the, the numbers that we have. And in a City mind, you still have a very... I mean, next to nothing in terms of uh, European uh, glory, so to speak.
1: But uh, well, matters. I'll tell you
0: why. Okay.
1: United last won the title five seasons ago,
0: six seasons ago. No, that was twenty eight, twenty twelve, twenty. It's eight years. I think it's been eight years. Yeah.
1: No, I think Alex Ferguson uh, retired in fourteen, and that was No, the no, last no. Season. Ferguson was
0: retired it? in thirteen, twelve or thirteen, but pretty seven. It's been seven, eight years, I think.
1: Okay, yeah. so with Liverpool you've got zero, with United you've got seven, mm-hmm. and City have won it uh, a couple of seasons ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Chelsea, uh, so won, have it. Chelsea. Chelsea won it. Chelsea yeah. uh, won it. Leicester won in the season immediately after Leicester.
0: Leicester got one. So yeah.
1: out of the out of the supposed big six, Arsenal are on the big biggest longest title drought.
0: Yeah,
1: and the only team below us is Spurs. <laughs>
0: So yeah, it's one of those things, is it? Okay, just uh, staying on penalties uh, for a while if I can, bro. Uh, as a, as a goalkeeper, like the intention, obviously the goalpost is uh, you know far across, and you got to make your mind up before uh, the the shot is even taken. That's why when you notice a goalkeeper next time taking, you know, when he's defending a penalty, he's already on his toes, ready to dive either way. The weight is just ready to fall on either side, and this is the reason why a lot of uh, penalty takers take advantage. By going either straight or these Panenka penalties, which have suddenly become a thing, or just rolling the ball into the goalpost. Now, this penalty that uh, Salah took, if if Melia had just, uh, if it was was it Melia? Was it Ariola? I think it was Ariola. Are, Melia is for for Leeds. Ariola, if he had just stayed on his feet just a second longer, and he had saved the penalty with his foot rather than try to go down and. Uh, cover it because the weight has already shifted i think keepers here you know need to develop i mean obviously the ball is traveling way too fast for you to you know uh have any time to think about it but if keepers can hold on for that one extra second i think it'll make a difference and a lot of we'll see a lot of uh, penalties getting saved but well what do i know i'm not a premier league footballer so yeah there's that that's my two cents now anyway coming up to the game where uh Arsenal versus Burnley at the Emirates return of the fans at Emirates but uh, sadly they ended up booing their own team towards the end
1: well deserved I was booing the team from uh, Mm -hmm. my couch in the living room as well I stayed up for this game Uh and I kicked myself for it it has ruined the day the week It has ruined pretty much the month. 2020 has been an abysmal year, but nothing is more (laughs) abysmal than staying up late and watching
0: Arsenal. Well, I stayed up for the Manchester Derby, so I'm not far behind. But talk to me, talk to me about Granit Zaka and why is he such a hothead? What is his deal? Why would you grab somebody by the throat, knowing you're a professional footballer and there's cameras everywhere? Why would you still do it?
1: Well, he's Granit Xhaka. He's played well in patches ever since he's uh, been signed. The thing is, I think the midfield position in Arsenal has not been satisfactorily filled for the better part of two decades. Okay, mm-hmm. And when Xhaka was signed, uh, at that time, still is actually the Swiss captain. He had a very good tournament in the Euros. He was looked at by a bunch of players, by, by, by a bunch of clubs. And you know he's simply been played because there is nobody else, mm-hmm. and that's the reason he gets into that matchday squad even today. I mean, who would you pick over him? El Neni, Sabayos. These guys are bit part players. They are these guys are players you bring on to the team. These are not first eleven players. I mean, you took a guy happily unknown when his parent club. Didn't even want him to be there in that twenty-five man squad. Mm-hmm. Now, fine, you know you're not at the same level as Real Madrid, but are you not at the same level as Real Madrid B? Wow! Uh, he, if he couldn't make it there, why were you so happy, gleefully taking him? Mm-hmm. He's had what two good games the entire year, lost him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's had exactly zero good games this year. He's possible. I've said this before. He's a downgrade on Macedo. And uh, with El being a bit part player, you only have Jaka. And you know when a guy like him becomes undroppable, you see bad performances and you see bad attitude. And that's what he brings to the games.
0: So where do where do Arsenal go from here? Is it a change? Is it a change in recruitment policy? Is it a change in tactics? Do they? What do they do? If you were the manager, what what would you do?
1: Well, if I were the manager, I would uh, drop all these players. Mm-hmm. I would play some people else, you know. I mean, it's it's classic management, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's management 101, uh, regardless of whether you're managing a football club or your budget or your finances or anything else in life, really. When something's not working, you try something else. You know what is the definition of insanity? Yep. <laughs> it is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That is the definition of insanity. And unfortunately, that's what Arteta is doing. Everybody worth his salt can tell Arteta, even if I were passing him on the street, I would say, bro, drop (laughs) 1000000000 Okay. You know, if that's if that's the only thing, if only two words I ever say to Arteta in my life, it would be drop million. So there's no creativity there. Lacazette is clearly a substitute striker. Played in What have you got to lose? He's a 20-year-old. You know, worse comes to worse, he'll put in a couple of bad performances. You will tell Lacazette that, listen, you better shape up or you'll be shipped out for free. You at least put the fear of God in there. Lacazette, billion, Xhaka, why, what? And you, we we talked about the right back position, Bellerin. I mean, he's not having great games, is he? So the guy you signed to provide cover for him, you play him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Cedric Suarez. I mean, he used to start for Southampton. He can't be all that bad, can he? Unfortunately, Mikel Arteta is doing the same things that you know turn the fans against Wenger. Wenger at least had no choice. Those substitutes in that era were so bad that you wouldn't have in your right mind picked them over the first team. Here, I don't see the difference between picking a Shaka and picking a maitland Niles. I don't see why Emil Smith-Rowe shouldn't be given a run. Mm -hmm. I mean, at United, you guys are playing McDominay, who's average, bang average. But at least he runs around like a terrier and... You know, does something. Play the young guy. Play the guy with fire in his belly. You know, play a guy straight out
0: of academy for God's sake. Yep, I'm completely with you there. I mean, this has been a problem at United as well, where the big signings have not uh, played well. I remember the season where I think it was D Maria who was uh, we had signed, and he just didn't play well under under Wang Gal. And our breakout player was uh, Marcus Rashford, and he delivered the goods for us. So yeah, and then eventually we had to ship out uh, D Maria. Because of various reasons But yeah, clearly in favour of playing the youth Over uh, these big money signings If they don't deliver, that is Now, yeah, some very good points And I hope Arsenal turn this season around For your sake at least But uh, <laughs> moving on to a team Which is uh, which doesn't need any help from us Bro, it's Leicester City 3-0 winners against uh, Brighton And they find themselves third With uh, a point behind uh, league leaders Spurs and Liverpool Leicester City again. Right. Like they're 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 on fire. James Madison and Jamie Wardy on the goal on the on the score sheet again.
1: It would gladden you to know that uh, there are currently shorter odds placed on Leicester winning the title than Man United.
0: Really? Yes. Well I'm it's not true. surprised, am I? Okay, fair enough.
1: Well, In, incidentally, fun fact of the day, Man United winning the premiership. And Arsenal getting relegated have the same odds <laughs> oh, on UK betting no. websites today.
0: Oh my God. Okay. Which just goes to show how the mighty has fallen. Well, I mean, I think it was a few seasons ago where we had a terrible start and we were 15th in, uh, uh, you know, a couple of 10-15 uh, games, but we turned it around. I think it's it's only a matter of time where Teta figures figures it out and, uh, you know, does something. And, I mean, the January transfer window is around the corner. Maybe he will... Uh, improve the squad with some signings. We really don't know. Maybe he will, uh, well, hope for the best, I guess. No?
1: Well, on, on that note, there is no hope because uh, <laughs> today Edu has released a statement saying that uh, fans need to back Arteta and that they are not in a position to spend anything in the winter transfer window. So well. at this point, really, I would uh, happily. Uh, switch my TV off and tune back in, uh, in you know, July or August,
0: maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll wake you up when the season ends. All right, moving on to the next game week. It's a quick fire. We have another midweek game week this time. Uh, games coming in thick and fast. We start off uh, tonight in a few hours by uh, Wolves taking on Chelsea. Now, Chelsea, a bit of a stumble, but uh, nothing to worry about. I think this should be a comfortable win against uh, Wolves.
1: Yeah, I have it back. uh, Chelsea to win this. Wolves are not the same and they've lost their talismanic striker. So this one's got a win for Chelsea written all over it. Mm-hmm. Unless, uh, you know, fatigue catches up for them and this turns out to be one of those cagey 1-1 sort of uh, games. You know, you get a lot of those games at this time of the year.
0: Yeah. Yep, with the cold setting in, you never know what kind of effect that's going to have. Uh, Man City taking on West Brom later in the game week, and uh, well, you expect them to win uh, given the form West Frum are in at the moment. Even though Man City are not in their best form, I have uh, picked Morris as my captain pick. Well, who's your Who's your captain? And what are you, What are the changes you've made? Have you got any well, Man City plays uh, at the moment? Yes,
1: so I'm going to be picking Sterling as my captain and that's the big change I've made this game week. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't make my changes in time for the previous game week. Mm -hmm. It turned out okay for me, but I would have loved to put Martinez in the playing 11. I lost 11 points because Mm -hmm. I retained Ryan and that was why I I was kicking myself. Mm -hmm. But I've got two free transfers this game week and uh, Sterling will definitely come in. I think... between Mahrez and Sterling Sterling is the more consistent performer mm-hmm. Mahrez uh, has these occasional bursts of you know two or three goals and that's why people can look at him and be tempted but in the City system I think Sterling's always more uh, likely to score this one is the pick of, of out of all the games for FPL managers so I wouldn't be surprised people picking De Bruyne Sterling Mahrez even a Ferran Torres Edison Kyle Walker probably all the bunch the lot
0: no, I think the only thing with uh, Man City turns out to be their uh, squad rotation. So you don't really know who's playing. And for me, I think this season, Mahrez has started more games uh, compared to Sterling. I mean, Sterling, of course, was injured earlier on. And uh, well, I think Mahrez uh, might be a pick that at least plays. You know, so that's why he's my uh, captain's pick. Now, any day, Sterling has a better uh, finishing rate uh, compared to Mahrez. Now, moving on, and this is where things get very, very uh, interesting on, on Wednesday, on the 16th of December. We have uh, six games, starting with Arsenal taking out Southampton at the Emirates again. Do you fancy your chances here against uh, an informed Southampton and uh, Theo Walcott playing like he's uh, out to prove something again?
1: Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Walcott's mm-hmm. going to score and being the respectful, polite player that he is, he will not celebrate. Okay. And Arsenal will go on to lose his game. Mm-hmm. I can't see an informed Southampton, uh, you know, not taking anything away from the Enrich. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first game that Arsenal have a chance to win is, uh, you know, all the way on 29th December when we go away and play at Brighton. <laughs> Bro
0: man i can't i can't even i can't see you like this man it breaks my heart but anyway uh the next game another kg affair is going to be leicester versus everton two very similar attack-minded teams and attack-minded managers and doing really well everton obviously got off to a great start now leicester galloping forward with their form uh it's away at the king power what do you make of this who's the winner here
1: well, I would back Leicester to win at home, but mm-hmm. we can never write everything off. Now, these are two very similar teams, if you think about it. Both yeah. have uh, target men who play a little differently. I mean, Body likes to run off of the shoulder of last defender and Calvert-Lewin is a big target man. But incredibly gifted midfielders, big target men and solid defense. I mean, these two teams are the, virtually the carbon copies of each other. Yeah. And uh, there's very little to dislike about either team, you know. These are, I think, for neutrals. These two would be the teams they would pick. So, I'll be happy if either team wins. But Everton are my second team, so I'm back then.
0: Fantastic. Now, again, uh, the game of uh, the week, so to speak. Now, again, like I was mentioning, uh, I have been mentioning, there hasn't been a game week till now, I think, where we haven't had a top-six team play against another top-six team. Now, this time, it's the top-two facing up against uh, each other. Liverpool versus Spurs, bro, at Anfield. Talk to me.
1: Well, I want Mourinho to win. As yeah. much as I hate uh, the fact that Spurs <laughs> are uh, you know, uh, serious title contenders, but I want someone to knock Liverpool off their perch. And to beat it at Anfield, there's no team better placed than Tottenham Hotspur. In Harry Kane and Son, mm-hmm. they have the two most informed players of the league. Fantastic. And if they do to Liverpool what they did to Arsenal, what they did to Man City, won't that be something?
0: Well, I completely agree with you there And uh, last few games of the game week On the 17th of December It's uh, Villa versus Burnley Don't really care Then it's uh, Manchester United away To uh, Sheffield United Hopefully we can get some points on the away uh, trip Uh, Obviously, United's away form is uh, better than the home form. I mean, figure that out. But uh, the way Sheffield United are struggling, I mean, we would expect uh, to get some points there. Bruno Fernandes is still very much in my team. And I'm really, really hoping that he would uh, deliver the goods. Now, it's it's going to be a very interesting week. It's going to come thick and fast. And then we have another game week starting uh, Saturday, the 19th of December. And we're going to talk about that in a subsequent episode. But for now, some very interesting developments uh, from the European side of football. We have uh, the the draw for the Champions League. Uh, very some very interesting fixtures here. We have, and again, City. I would say City again lucky with the the pick. You know, Munchin Gladbach versus Man City. I, I would say they're lucky to get away from uh, you know one of the big uh, the big dogs. Uh, Then we have Lazio playing uh, Bayern Munich. Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. That's going to be a a tussle. Redwood Leipzig uh, versus uh, Liverpool. This is, again, uh, very interesting. Porto versus Juventus, probably maybe uh, uh, a lighter fixture. It's Barcelona versus PSG, where Neymar faces off with his old club. And uh, then we have Sevilla versus uh, Dortmund. Dortmund, obviously, they've just recently sacked their manager, so they are currently manager-less. And, uh, yeah, I think these fixtures uh, kick off in February, so they have time to get their act together. And finally, uh, Real Madrid again lucky to uh, be uh, you know to get a favorable uh, an, uh, opponent in Atlanta. What do you make of these draws, bro? Some standout fixtures for you?
1: Well, I like this draw. You know, <laughs> at least uh, the usual suspects have been kept away from each other. Even though I remember Barcelona played PSG a couple of seasons ago. I really look forward to games like Sevilla and Dortmund, Mm -hmm. you know. And even an Atlanta playing Madrid, this is not going to be easy for Madrid, let me tell you. Atlanta are a very tough side and they did really well in their campaign last year. Mm -hmm. So even Leipzig-Liverpool, I mean, Leipzig are the form side. They are top of the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah, yep. And uh, speaking of uh, league leaders... Turns out Manchester United will be facing the current league leaders of the La Liga, Real Sociedad, in uh, the Europa League, which again begins on the 18th of February. Uh, Some uh, very interesting uh, fixtures here. It's got Wolfsburg versus Spurs. I think that should be an interesting one. And uh, then it's got Benfica versus Arsenal. Bro, what are we thinking? Early Europa League exit and we focus on the Premier League? What are you you thinking? (laughs)
1: Well, I'm thinking that uh, Benfica are well-placed to uh, eliminate Arsenal. However, as these things play out, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Arsenal are probably going to have a bit of a run in the Europa League. That's what I'm anticipating. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I don't really fancy Benfica winning two legs, over two legs. They may beat us, but uh, I see Arsenal going through Benfica have a very poor record against English teams as well. Mm. Uh, I would like to correct myself. I think I said Leipzig are on top of the Bundesliga. They are actually not. They Mm. are level with Bayern, but Leverkusen have won their uh, match in hand and Leverkusen are on top. All right. So, uh, also another correction there, bro. You said Wolfsburg are playing Tottenham. Now, this is not the Wolfsburg we know from the German league, Mm -hmm. are they? I think it is. It is that same Wolfsburg. This is
0: Wolfsburg AC. Is it different? I think so. Oh yeah, it is. They have a different logo. It's got a. It's got an actual wolf on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
1: we need to uh, look into this. I have. Uh, we man, need to I think. This club. I think
0: that's the beauty of the Europa League. These teams get thrown up, and we have no idea where they have come from. You know. Oh,
1: okay. I've just done a quick (laughs) search. They are 7th in the Austrian
0: League. Oh, it's not the German Wolfsburg. It's the Austrian Wolfsburger or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's correct. Well, that's the beauty of the Europa League. We come to know about teams that we never heard of. But, uh, well, hope we never draw up up against them and we don't end up in Kazakhstan playing like we did last year. But, uh, well, remains to be seen. Europa League kicks off on the 18th of uh, February. It's all about the domestic... uh, uh, matches in this uh, festive season where games coming in thick and fast. I think we have two more game weeks or maybe three more game weeks coming up This uh, before the the end of the year. Uh, well, hope for the best and uh, let's see what happens. Uh, brother, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a good uh, review and uh, some very exciting games to look forward to. A very interesting uh, week ahead for us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And before we exit, I'd like to share this anecdote. Okay. That Leicester City have been drawn against Slavia Prague. Mm-hmm. And this is a team uh, whose fans I have seen very, very close, up close, in fact. Okay. I nearly uh, entered a bar uh, in Prague, which was full of football fans, and they looked um, not to you know stereotype here, but they looked less than welcoming. <laughs> and then I realized that uh-huh. that bar is a bar reserved for ultras. Of Slavia Prague. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> unwittingly uh, put myself in a little bit of a situation while I was visiting Prague. So, fond memories of that trip. Mm-hmm. But now we see an English team taking on Slavia Prague. Uh, it's not going to be easy for them either. At least not the away leg.
0: Yep. Well, remains to be seen how English teams fare. But, uh, well, we've, we've made our fun of the the Europa League. But turns out both of our teams are, uh, you know, are now... Uh, contesting in this uh, tournament which really doesn't make any sense to me but here we are what are you going to do about it but uh, here we go brother thank you so much for your time and uh, see you on the next one
1: see you